Bezer Deshem Parshat Chukad 5779. <clears throat> I was observing something about memory. I was watching a video online giving tips on memory. And they suggested to create location spaces for items you're trying to remember. So, for example, to store different concepts you're trying to remember as located in different parts of the body which this is perfect because a huge challenge and opportunity in the battle of life is to remember our lessons that we've picked up so that we're actually applying the knowledge that we remember from a prior experience, a prior challenge, and applying it better next time. So we want to remember. Memory is the, game, is the name of the game, is the key. For example, when discussing Shabbat, which is arguably the essential mitzvah of the Torah, it's said, Zachor v'shamor, to remember Shabbos and keep Shabbos and guard it. Guarding and remembering are very similar as well. So memory is extremely huge. Rabbi Nachman, one of his major pieces of advice is to always remember the future world. Don't forget your origin and where you're going back to. That way you'll be able to face down anything in life. So memory is very key. So how do we remember and hold in our memory in a constant way these truths that we learn from the Holy Torah from life, which is uh, also an experience of learning Torah life is. So I thought maybe we can go through a bit localizing our memory of different truths that we've picked up in the parts of our body. So we begin focusing on the top of the head. This is Keter, the crown. This is representing our will and desire. And when we focus on this space in our bodies, or really kind of the bridge between our body and beyond our body, we're thinking about our will, our desire, and our pleasure, as well as, so to speak, the will, desire, and pleasure of the Creator. And we should affirm that it is absolutely the central driving force of our entire lives, that we should stop at nothing to express what we desire to express and what will give us real spiritual pleasure and satisfaction, period. If there's anything or anyone trying to take over this core part of ourselves, telling us what to do, influencing us what to do, that's against our deep core of what we want, we have to step away from that, period. Another very important thing to recall is when we talk about the Creator's will and desire and pleasure, that we meditate on the idea that just as our keter, our crown energy that we are discussing, is above us and surrounding us and should and 
eventually is always informing everything happening in our lives. That it's the all-encompassing super context that's driving us. We can't escape what we want. And even if we run away from ourselves in this entire lifetime, we're going to come back in another lifetime until the coming of Mashiach to finally manifest what we want. So just as by us, this surrounding crown, this surrounding will is inescapable, it is the same by the Creator. That His will for the world is surrounding the whole world and is driving the whole world. And as much as people are having a challenge with their evil inclination, trying to run away from the force and power of this desire, which is surrounding all things and driving them towards one goal, which is the ultimate spiritual bliss to be expressed through the creation. Even though people can fight this will that surrounds all things and is actually the existence-giving backdrop of all things that surrounds them and is the parchment that they are being written on, so to speak. That the will for existence is the very space and place of all existence. And so even though people are fighting this surrounding energy, which is pushing all things within it towards final completion, there are many, many agents that the omnipresent one has. Notice the phrase. That Hashem, the Creator here, is being referred to as the place, the context, the surrounding context of will, which is the space and context of what is unfolding in reality, of things within this overall space that is fixed, the things within this overall fixed fit, <coughs> fixed space are not yet space, they are becoming. They are organisms, growths, unfolding and unfurling within real space. Real space is the desire of the Creator, so He is called Hamakom, He is called the place. His will is the space of reality. Just as our will is the real space of our unfolding reality and we suffer essentially when we run away from ourselves and we, we suffer as well when we run away from the real creator self which is his desire, his self in this world which is his desire. But the rabbis are telling us that the place, Hashem as the place, the surrounding place has many messengers. So we, when we become spiritually sensitive we can appreciate, wow, I was running away from my will and his will that are surrounding me and my unfolding and my manifestation. But there are many messengers in my life that he's gently sending as reminders to help me recontact the energy of the Ketzer of the Crown. Okay, so that's one idea that we can hold. So many words that we can generally think of that whole concept of the penultimate importance of following our dreams and following the Creator's dream for us, which is really the energy that's surrounding us anyway. Like, it's the very air we breathe. 
that's at the top of the head. The next meditation is then going to be in the right brain called Chochma. And this is going to be focusing on the idea that the verse says that wisdom is coming from nothingness. That when we get wise ideas, which is how we are applying the energy of our will and desire and the Creator's will and desire, which is surrounding us, guiding us, embracing us, making our success inevitable. But we need something to grab onto to turn those dreams into reality. We need wisdom. And wisdom is going to be those seed-like ideas of inspiration that fall into our beings when we are open to hearing them. Each person's wisdom is unique to them. And we can, and we can locate the idea of wisdom in our brains and think of it as the great selector. How to select choices, how to select a whole course of action, which when that course is selected, the entire course, the entire checklist, the entire procedure or sequence of what we're then going to do is so many steps and so many moments all packed together in one tiny seed of an inspiration. And it is brought that with this energy, the Creator created the world. This is the whole package of actual creation. So while the will and pleasure is the ultimate space surrounding creation, the creation itself is unfolding like an organism from a seed, and this is everywhere. Clearly, everything is growing from seeds. Every organism, the planet Earth itself, according to tradition, and of course, ideas of what to do, whether personally or in a business or whatever, they're all starting with seminal ideas. This is wisdom. And obviously then, the key challenge in life is selecting which seeds to go with. But I think if we meditate for just a second, we can easily select what is a real seed of wisdom and what's a foolish, distracting thought. And I think the way we can tell is to simply identify that the verses are telling us, Who is the wise one? The one who sees what will be born. What will be born from this seed? From this egg, whatever. And then you say, I don't know. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a future. I can't tell the future. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is when an idea comes to us, we look into the idea itself and we try to explore its dimensions. It's a tiny seed, but everything's in that seed. So what's there? And whatever is in there is what will be born out from it. It's like if you're going to go with an idea, an inspired idea of I'm going to do this. So look at the idea very carefully. Select it. Make sure you select the right one. What's in the context of that idea? What's going to flow out from it? 
you're going to plant this seed of an idea in the surrounding light of will. That's really where it's growing from. You're going to be planting the seed of wisdom in the surrounding light of crown, of desire. You look at it's the contents of the seed and you say, are all its parts healthy? Are they consistent? And most importantly, are they connecting with my will? Am I going to want to play out what's in this seed? The next energy, and we'll stop on this recording, the next energy is going to be the energy of Bina of the left brain or the analytical brain or the linguistic brain. And it's brought in the mystical tradition, in the tradition of truth, the Kabbalah, that Bina, this energy of analytical thinking, is the mother principle, which is Kulo Rachamim, Vedinami Tarimina. It is all mercy, but harsh judgments are springing forth from her. And this is basically the breaking down of the seed in order to fully bring it out and express it. This energy is the most fascinating because this is the energy of life. And I've heard very beautiful statements that here's really the key where we are keying in on the idea of faith and being compassionate to ourselves. That it is brought, that in this energy of actually, we have, we've confirmed and affirmed that we will not run away from the surrounding context of our desire and the Creator's desire for our ultimate pleasure and bliss. And we are acutely aware that we need to be very careful in selecting the right seed-like ideas for what we want to do. Marry this person. Follow this path of spirituality. Whatever it is, Now we go to start applying it, which is Bina, which is, as I said, the analytical left brain of language expression, the beginning of expression, still in the mind, linguistically breaking down an idea still within the thinker, like thinking out the actual steps of what was in that seed. And it's brought in sources that here, is where there will be inevitable mistakes. That I've heard that it says that if someone's going to really get Bina, they're gonna really actually build out their idea that they've selected, they will make mistakes. It says, that the words of Torah are not fully established, meaning they're not fully manifested and brought out from just mere inspirations, albeit powerful inspirations, to actual applications and expressions, until someone is making mistakes in them. Because growth is hard and painful, because we're not the creator, we're not perfect. We are still learning to be creators. So when you're learning, you're gonna make mistakes. The verse is saying, Ein sadik there's no one perfect righteous man manifesting in this world that will only do good and not sin. So in the application out of our ideas, we will, we will inevitably, all along the way, be faced with indications that we are not quite 
applying our inspired idea correctly and to make an adjustment. And here's the question, where is the humility? Where are we going to be humble and take the rebuke from life and make an adjustment to our application? I'll stop it over here. Have a beautiful day.